Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to our new hero, Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today, taking your calls while he's learning, and he's enrolling in seminary to become a pastor. Ace Andrews will be in the pulpit one day, but just remember, he started right here on I Work For Him. Have you joined the I Work For Him nation? Ace has. He's made the commitment to start praying for his coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Why'd you do that, Ace? Well, you did it because... You love the people that you work with, and you wanted to be a, a, a bright light in your workplace. But what about you listening in today on the radio? Have you made that commitment? We're looking for Christ followers around the globe to make the commitment to start, to be willing to be change and be a change agent in their workplace. And it starts with prayer, because tr- prayer transforms your heart. And that's what we all need. IWorkForHim.com is the place you need to go. Click on the IWorkForHim Nation flag. Join today. Start praying tomorrow morning. Be an agent of change for Christ in your workplace tomorrow. Romans 12.2 reminds us of this paradigm shift that needs to happen in our minds. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they are screwed up. But let God transform you into a new person because he knows what we're supposed to look like. And he's going to do it by changing the way you think. That's what it means to be a member of the I Work For Him Nation. Join today. Make that commitment. I know it's a big commitment to be an agent of change in your workplace. IWorkForHim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. All right. First Chronicles 29.12 says this. Riches and honor come from you alone, Lord, and you are the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might, and it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. How many of us as Christ followers doubt that verse each and every day as we get involved and sucked into the miry clay of politics? Well, that's not happening on I Work For Him today, but we are going to talk about a subject that everybody wants to know. We're going to pontificate a little bit today with Luke and Dave. And Dave and Luke from, well, not Randy. He stayed back at the office. Somebody's got to work. These guys are from Bel Air Wealth Management. You can find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. Perfect. A lot of energy with that. Hey, a shout out to to Danny Kirkin. He's new in our office. Hey, Danny Kirkin. Hey, Danny. We gotta have Danny in here. Yeah, Danny needs to come join us on the show. He's got a face for radio too. He's got (laughs) a face for radio. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of people telling me who would get more words in though, him or Jim. They're both. Uh, They're both pretty fast. You think he can out talk me? It'd be close race with or without Mountain Dew. Well, uh, you'd have to have a little supplement. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk today with you guys. This this is something, Dave, this is your idea. The economic impact 
based on who gets elected. And this is supposition. Obviously, these guys aren't prophets. They're not predicting the future. However, based on past results and past performance of the candidates that are likely to be elected in November, these guys want you to be prepared for what life may look like. And and let me just preface this as saying, we're not endorsing any candidate. Oh, heck no. Not doing that. Nope. But because, listen, it doesn't matter who gets elected president. God is still on the throne. Amen. And Amen praise the Lord. That. Because yes, he is. that's if you're hope, if you're putting hope in a presidential candidate, you have something to learn. And, and it's something I've had to learn. You know, politics is one of those things. A guy could love to talk about politics all day long. But you know what? It doesn't bring people to Jesus. Jesus is the answer to every question our society is asking today. Not the, not the name of a presidential candidate, that's for sure. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about, the impact of who gets elected and what it might, how it might affect the economy. And these we got Luke and Dave, and Dave and Luke, but not Randy, from Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. All right, so Luke, I noticed a Facebook post from Uh-oh. a couple days ago. Your Uh-oh. daughter had quite a visitor to her cheerleading dance workout this past week. Yeah. Want to tell us about that? Because really? they all look pretty excited about it. Hey, man, it's it, beyond me. I, it's like... Uh, well, yeah, I, apparently he was in a pretty popular movie. I don't know. It was something to do with Grease. There was a, the movie Grease. Oh. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. I'm they, thinking they The Boy a, in the Bubble. Wasn't that his best one? Th- it could have been. I, I mean, I, Welcome Back, Cotter. I, you'd have to go through the God. list for me. Uh, you know, but yes, J- John Travolta was there. Uh, he, he John Travolta was in Welcome Back, Cotter. Dave, is, he's, he's questioning me right now. <laughs> I, he's he, thinking, he was like 15 I, when I, he was I, in there. He's got a lot of file cabinets to go through in his mind. How about Saturday Night Fever? Yes, I mean the, the list goes on. Yeah, yes. he said he's the guy that said up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> okay, you know you didn't watch. Welcome back, Connor. Yeah. Okay, all right. Thanks, hey, Ace, for that hey, one. If, if I work for him, fail. You, you've got a movie in in uh, in uh, a career in movie critic critiquing. I no, guess no, I you, don't. You have great memory recall. Anyway, yes. so so John Travolta posed yeah. with all of the the dance team. Looked like he was. I mean, he was in there. Why dance was he there? Tier t- well, he his he's got a, a young son that the gym uh, does open gym where they invite just people from the community can come in and jump and play it's just uh, it's indoor it's controlled air condition and there's trampolines there i mean there's uh, for a young kid can just get in there and let loose and it's a you know it's a safe environment you know at, at the beginning you know everybody is all wants to take a photo with him and he is very gracious him and his wife very very kind um you know but then you know the second day he came back and people were trying to give him their space you know because that we we you know there is some starstruck in a lot of me i I've, i walked by him apparently i didn't know who he was you know, that's my fault i was corrected they were like, hey, you just, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I don't know. Um, I'm sure, you know, but his wife was very, very nice. You know, we, we walked by a couple times and she was very gracious, very nice. So, uh, you know, but it was a fun, it was a fun time for the gym as we prepared for this world competition that we came seventh out of 77 in the world. Okay. <laughs> but we're talking today, Luke and Dave have really been studying, hey, whoever gets elected, how are they going to impact our economy? And how is it going to impact how you and I invest and how we live? I mean, we already know, and nobody can deny this, that based on the elections of the last eight years, every one of us pays two times, almost every one of us pays two times to three times more for their health care. But that was what the plan was. They wanted, they wanted health care for everybody. And in order to do that, it raised the price. And it's impacted everybody. Business owners, I mean, it's impacted everybody. Full-time, part-time people that are working 39 hours a week now are working 25 in Florida or 29 in other states. And it's all because of the health care stuff. So it's really important that we all understand who 
his, his being elected and how it will impact us. And understand that it wasn't just the president that passed health care. He cannot write law. It was the Senate and the House, and they never overturned it either. They just kept re-endorsing it and refinancing it. So we, we have to hold our elected officials accountable. And as Christ followers, we need to remember that it doesn't matter who is in charge, quote-unquote, in the United States of America, God is still on the throne. All right, Luke, you wanted it where, where your daughter it works out. You said Top Dog Florida? <laughs> Sort of. Florida Top Dog All-Stars. Close enough. Florida Top Dog All-Stars. And, and one quick shout-out, because uh, their, their, their small co-ed Senior 5 team just came back from Orlando. Uh, it was a worldwide competition. There were 76 teams invited out of probably 1,000 uh, worldwide. And uh, so the, there was a Friday, a wild card. There was a Saturday, I think it's called a more of a quarter, a semifinal or quarterfinals. And then Sunday was uh, the kind of the play-in to the finals of the top 10. There were 76 that started on Saturday. There were 55 that were on Sunday. And on, on Monday, there were 10. And they came in seventh out of, out of that. It was, it was unbelievable. It was great, great gym. And, uh, you know, so there, there's the shout-out, Dana. Love you. Thank you for texting me to remind me. And tell them we do have available advertising space right here uh, on Air Work Frame. We'd love to have them. There you them. go. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so, Luke, w- you and Dana doing devotions together. Do you guys do devotions together? Uh, no, we, we don't do them consistently together. Okay, so so what's the last, What's the, that was just a plug for you guys should be doing it together. I, no, I figured okay. that. I knew you were All going. Right. Okay, so but in your own devotions, what, yeah. what's one of the coolest things you've read in your devotions recently? Well, you know, the Holy Bible app is uh, something that, I mean, if you, if you have a, a smartphone. It's like the version app, right? It, it's, it, well, it's just, it's if Holy Bible. If you have a smartphone. Well, you know, some people don't. That are listening I, have, I know people that still carry flip phones. <laughs> yeah, I, I have friends that might actually be listening today. My buddy Glenn. Glenn, if you are listening, how you doing? He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a smartphone. So, Apple but there needs is, his help. But there is a, uh, yeah, there is a Holy Bible app that um, I have a, three different devotions that I have right now that I'm working on. One is with my kids. There's one for teens. I have a Billy Graham day by day. And then I have one for my younger son because I have a, a teenager. The, what applies to the teenager doesn't apply to my seven-year-old. And then what applies to the, the, both of them doesn't necessarily apply to me. So every day, you know, you have the Holy Bible app. The very first thing that pops up is, is a scripture for the day. Sometimes I just devote time on studying that scripture. You know, sometimes, you know, later on that night, I might go to another devotional. That might be the, the Billy Graham. And, it, you know, it's about a three- to five-minute walkthrough of just something that you can relate to your life today with Scripture that backs it up in a prayer. It's, uh, you know, so if you don't have the Holy Bible app, I don't make any money on that. It's just, that is, it's a great app. That is a recommendation that I can make. That is a fantastic app. It's something we should all have. Guaranteed results. Immediately. Exactly. That's something we can guarantee results If you invest in your relationship with Jesus Christ, guaranteed immediate return. Yes. Your life will start to change immediately. Dave, you have been in BSF for how many years now? 80, Uh, 70 or 80 years? 12, 13, something like that. You've been bragging all year long. And and, and to be honest with Dave, I mean, let's be honest with the audience, that Dave has been trying to get me for almost a decade to come with him on Monday nights to BSF. And I've always come up with a pretty good excuse, or maybe not, to not go. Last year they studied Moses. This year you're studying Revelation. Yes. And you're almost done. The end of April, right? You're done. Yes, we're... All right. What are the two coolest things you've learned that you never had heard before as you studied, even though you've read it many times, that you studied in Revelation? What's two two coolest things you've learned? Well, I wouldn't say never never learned it before, but I think one of the neatest things, and it's throughout the Bible, but especially Revelation, when we look at God's justice 
and his mercy. And sometimes in our human mind, we have a hard time reconciling those between the two because mercy and justice aren't always in the same thing. But but uh, in Revelation, it's really cool because as as time goes on, as we get to end times, he, his wrath goes out upon the world, but it's still, he's trying to get people to repent and come to him, through, even through his wrath. It's, it's the purpose is to come to Jesus and, and be redeemed from his wrath. And, and Jesus took all that wrath on the cross. Um, you, you look at the seven bowls of wrath that Revelation describes, and Jesus on the cross took all that on himself. And, and that, was, that was pretty cool. And the other, uh, you said two things. The other thing in, in Revelation, um, probably just recently in, in chapter, chapter 20, 21, we're looking at, at heaven itself. And John's description of heaven, I don't think he could describe it to its, he just had no words for it. But, but looking at heaven and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's described as 1,400 cubic miles as size-wise, size-wise, that would be, I, I just penciled it one day, and it comes to about twice the square miles as the United States. And that's all city. High. It's as, just as high as it is wide as it is long. So that's it's, a cubic, it's yeah, a big square. 1,400 cubic miles of, of city. And it's all the city of God. And, and um, you know, whether the streets are really paved with gold, it doesn't matter. It's, it's John's description. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be eternal. And it's going to be where we are. It's, uh, it, that, that was a neat thing to look at. And, and another thing, if there is 25 billion people ever born, um, you could put all the 25 billion people in heaven and each would have 75 acres of their own. I'm glad you put that in perspective because I'm sitting there trying to do it in my head going, man, I I don't know. I thought it was 1,500 miles square, so 1,400 cubic miles would be... That's... 1500 miles or 1400 you get it's a little bit different but i figured it out and even if everybody had an 1100 square foot apartment that there was room for billions and billions and yes, billions of people yes. it was just like tons and tons of people so so we have to invite our friends and and uh friends and relatives make sure they come along with us right well, absolutely and what, what Yes, absolutely. That, the point of that is, is that God, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not true, I wouldn't tell you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you and take you there. And that's what's cool about heaven. But I always try to picture, I go right to the literal and I go, okay, so if you get this big cube that's 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles high, right now our satellites are 150 miles up. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Hey, so that's pretty so cool. 1,500 that's miles. Okay. So uh, how big does the planet have to be to support a 1,500 high building without the planet constantly going <laughs> bloop down to the bottom, bloop down the bottom? Okay. So that's cool. I, I love that perspective. All right. You guys wanted to you wanted to talk about the the impact of the presidential election on your jobs as wealth advisors and. And I think as you head into this, just answer this question first, before we go into the discussion on, hey, here's how each one of the candidates will impact it. How do you maintain a biblical perspective every day as a wealth advisor? What what keeps you grounded? What keeps you answering that question, Lord? What would you want me to do? I do not go to an outside source besides Scripture. I mean, if we are if we are Christ followers, if we know Christ as our personal Savior, we ask him into our hearts. We get the Holy Spirit as a bonus. He's gonna He's gonna guide us. 
Um, everything's in the scriptures. We don't need to go to an outside source of, of somebody else. It's, it's, uh, there's nothing, nothing more special, nothing more meaningful than scriptures, even when it comes to wealth management. Right. Just Google search money and God, right? And you'll have millions of articles. So you can be inundated with information. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. You always check the source. That's why going to Scripture, it was written thousands of years ago. There is a book, and, and I know we'll probably get into it. Your money counts. We'll, we'll definitely have a couple to give away today. give away, away a copyright after yeah, the next we'll, break. Let's do that. Let's do that. We've got a couple. But Colossians 3.23, and I've mentioned these all before because these are the, these are ones that I've memorized that are dear to my heart that remind me each and every day that this is, I, I am not just working for man or I'm not a wealth advisor for person person A. I'm a wealth advisor for Christ himself. You know, and when I have that, that biblical perspective, I'm going to work hard harder for, for Christ's sake than I am going to be for the person that I'm trying to serve here. Exactly. So you're starting to quote verses, then you interrupted yourself. Well, Colossians yeah, Colossians 3.23, Matthew 7.12, Galatians 6.7, Proverbs 15.22. Uh, do you want me to recite them? <laughs> you want me to give right that? Well, yeah, give, give me a couple of them. We got well, a few. Colossians three twenty three. That's uh, that's you work harder for, for you know for God, not for man. That way, you, you know you you're always going to work harder for God than you are for man at anything that you ever do. Matthew seven twelve. You treat people how you want to be treated. Great Galatians six seven. As you reap what you sow, and then Proverbs fifteen twelve. It tells you to seek the plans fail because of lack of counsel. I'm who, the counsel. Who wouldn't want to deal? If, you're, if your wealth advisor isn't a Christ follower, you need to talk to these guys. Luke and Dave from Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. All right. So, Luke, you wanted to kind of put a, a qualifier down. For speaking of chairs, Ace out of his chair. Does anybody notice these chairs? They all lean to the left. <laughs> I switched them around before anyone came in, and every one of them still lean to the uh, left. Are we talking Sorry. politically now, or what? No, no, we don't all lean to the left or the right. We're going to be neutral today. We'll have to talk about management uh, today. So. But no, about the chairs. We, we did want to preface everything that we're going to say. I mean, you, uh, there is not enough time in an hour show to really. Uh, dig, dig real deep. So this will be a ten thousand, might even be a forty thousand foot kind of overview. Some of the stuff, if you're if you watch Fox News or, or some of the other channels, you some of the stuff you may have already heard. Um, you know, so this is going to be more of a ten thousand foot, forty thousand foot view. Not not a not a real deep session. Not enough time. So why did you guys think that this is something we need to talk about? The impact of the upcoming election on our economy, our personal economy, our country's economy. Why? Why did you think, Dave? From my perspective, you may find this hard to believe, but I'm not a young guy anymore. However, in my lifetime, I do not think there's a more important election than, than this one. We are at crossroads in the United States, and um, it's so important that everybody gets out there and votes, especially every Christian. And, yeah, amen um, to that. It, if you're a Christ follower and you don't vote, you have to. You have to. You have to. We could go off in one direction and become a country uh, like Europe, or we could start over. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't see the vision of, of anybody right now of, of transforming this country into what it could be. Uh, but I pray and, and hope that's what happens. But, um, you know, if we go in one direction and we become like Europe, Europe has a 30% lower standard of living in the U.S. Not that that matters as a Christ follower. It's not, you know, it's not the ultimate goal, however. Um, besides the standard of living, they have, um, you know, the problems that they have in the streets and, and everything else that's happening there. We do not want that. No, we don't. And it's, you know, it's tough. 
But let's just move into the conversation because again, we're going to keep the conversation apolitical. We're not. We're not. We're not here to endorse a single candidate. We're just trying to enlighten our eyes as Christ followers. How can we be best prepared? And and honestly, a lot of times this is just drive you to your knees. Lord, help me know because everybody's situation is a little bit different. Luke and Dave, I've I've heard a lot of people that are wealth advisors, certified financial planners, are talking about. Hey, they expect the the portfolios of people to grow extraordinarily conservatively the next several years because the growth that has been fueled, the fiery growth that's been fueled the last seven or eight years has been fueled by paper money that's been shoved in the economy. And that's something that, I don't know if you can address that or not, but I've heard that we've had a lot of false growth because of cheap money and that we're going to, that the piper is coming to collect. As a reader of Brian Westbury, First Trust Corporation. We love him. We we do love him. He's a great economist. I I do believe he's a uh, fellow Christian follower. Smart Um, guy. Smart guy. And he says, he says, well, the good here, let me preface that before gather your thought. He doesn't actually take orders from Wall Street. That's that's important to yeah, know. Yeah, right, right. So right. he is, it's the uh, First Trust is a private company. So, you know, a lot of the bigger wirehouses, they're, they're taking their orders from, from Wall Street. And this is, you're hearing that a lot in the news cycles today about the, the negative impact of, or there could be a negative or a positive. I guess uh, you, we have to leave that up for the, the, the listeners to decide. But, Sorry, but, but but regardless, I guess why I brought up Brian Westbury because that question comes up often, and he would say false, false, false. It's it's just nothing to do with how much money was printed, or nothing to do with with TARP one or TARP two or or anything else. Uh, in fact, QE one, QE two, three, four. In in fact, it took money out of the economy and slowed down the uh, slowed down um, QE one, which is which is the money supply, and um, nothing can be, the, the bigger government gets, the less private enterprise gets. And who grows jobs? It's not the government, it's private enterprise. Well, the IRS did hire 16,000 people. Mm-hmm. If you want to live in D.C. All right. So if if that's not the case, if it's false, 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 let's focus on truth, 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 based on what we know. And let's keep it sane in here. All right. So what typically happens when a when a new president gets elected? How do the markets typically react? Well, usually there's a honeymoon phase when they first get elected. Things first hundred days. Yeah. Right. So so everybody is optimistic and and um, and, and things go well. Portfolios go up, stocks go up, and then reality sets in after, after like you say, 100 days or so, and then reality sets in, a little disappointment usually, but then it gets back to business as usual. Uh, when it, you but know, past performance is no guarantee of future results. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, perhaps one of the most important things a president does is, is uh, appoint Supreme Court justices. But but right alongside that, right back of that maybe is is the appointment of the Fed president of the Fed, and that's uh, you know whether Janet Yellen gets reappointed or somebody else gets appointed. That's that's a big uh, that can that can have a big impact on the economy. Yeah, and, and I remember that as a kid, you know, during the Reagan years, Greenspan got appointed, and he was he served four presidents over twenty right, right. years. Yeah, and, and and it felt like things were on a nice, slow, steady grow. I mean, Greenspan seemed to have a really good handle on things. That's because nobody understood what he said. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's so wrong. I, yeah, I have I trouble have a lot today. Still, the guy. okay. Oh, he but did, apparently, yeah, I, yeah, it was fine. All right. So, does it really matter to Wall Street in the stock market who gets elected? Well. I would say, you know, as advisors, we like looking at trends and we look at, we like looking for any indications of which way a market will go. But there is some historical 
historical data, Jim. You're going to be excited about this. Out of the last 22 elections, so this 22 is 22 elections. 22, so going, we're going. This is some going historical. Back 100 years. This is a nice piece. 88. This is a nice piece of historic information. So you have 22 election cycles since 1928. 14 were preceded with three months of gains, where 12 out of 14 instances, the incumbent won. So there is a leading indicator into the election, almost almost who gets elected. Is it the incumbent or is it the new party? So if what they're saying is from the months of August through October, if the economy or if the markets are, are uh, performing poorly, negative, then the incumbent will lose. And then vice versa. Here's the other. At seven out of eight instances where the election was preceded by stock market losses, the incumbents lost, and then vice versa. Twelve out of fourteen, they stay. So, so you're but, saying but, all all this talk we have now really doesn't mean it, a whole lot. That's <laughs> my ten thousand forty thousand, well, and that's here. really my problem. I get sick and tired of talk radio and, and really TV shows that just they're trying to guess. The S&P, they don't know squat. The S&P has an 86.4% success rate of predicting or forecasting an election winner. How about that? That's incredible. You know, boys, we got Luke and Dave in here from Bel Air Wealth Management. Oh, yeah, you can find you guys online. We're at belairwealthmanagement.com. All right, so... Stocks aren't the only thing affected by a presidential election. And, and and it goes without saying, nobody really talked about, but there's also an election in the Senate and in the House. you got a lot of people going to run for election. Congress is all up for, you know, not, I don't know what percentage, but there's a lot of people. There's always seats in flux every two years in the Congress. So what is really at stake here? It's not just our the stock market. It's monetary policy. That's what you said, the appointment to the Fed. It's also uh, policy. It's also laws that are passed. Uh, under the current administration, lots of executive orders have been passed that impact economics. Inflation or lack thereof. I mean, that the, the executive branch can have a huge effect on inflation or, or lack thereof. And that, that affects us most investments. Yeah, I mean, it's, so. it's, it's a big deal. And, and so let's get specific. All right, because I, I know that... So the Fed, you, you answer one of my questions. So the Fed is appointed. The the guy that runs the Fed is appointed, the person, because right now it's Janet Yellen. Yellen. She was appointed by President Obama, correct? Yes, yes. All right. All right. And, and uh, uh, Bernanke was appointed by Bush? Uh, I think before Bush, even. Okay. All right. So... Do you anticipate, how do you, this is, we, we got, we got this segment here. I'm having a type of these questions up, which is not normal for me. What do you anticipate the impact will be of an election of Donald Trump on our economy, monetary policy, jobs, and investments? What, based on everything that's been said, everything's been written, and Donald really, his life has been out there on paper for decades. He wrote books on his own monetary policy in the 80s. Yeah, right. So we know a lot about how he thinks, and we've seen him, and we all know he's got $9 billion, because he said it's it. Huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Huge. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be. Best thing ever. It's huge. And we're going to build a wall. You wait. And they're going to pay for it. And gonna, I promise you. But you know what? His idea on how they're going to get to pay for it? Uh, I kinda, smart. I kind of <laughs> right? like it. You're like, okay, get, get people to pay for it. The money's getting sent there. Let's take let's tax it. Okay, so how will the election, and we're picking on Donald Trump first. Don't worry, Hillary's next. Uh, what, will, what, how, what do you anticipate 
Who, who's answering this question, Luke well, or Dave? I'll, I'll take Trump, but I, I think that you, you hit monetary policy. I don't know if we hit it. Do, 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 does our audience know what monetary policy? Well, why don't what you type, explain it? Right. So mo- monetary policy, it actually affects uh, basically the impacts on interest rates. So interest rates in your savings accounts, right? We just had a, we just had some monetary. They actually had a Fed meeting today. They didn't yes. change rates. But back in December, they made their first rate change in what seven years was it? Well, seven since, years, yeah, up a quarter, at least, at least since two thousand seven. So, but a quarter percent, nobody is, no one's really feeling the effects on those because it was such a small change over a long period of time. But we are, you know, so so what what these monetary policy when they say that they're going to be increasing the you know the monetary policy the rates it went up a quarter back in December there might be another quarter this year there could be two well we're thinking about one yeah so probably after the election most most people think now so we'll see so well, for the it, next the next adjustment to the money yes to the money right okay. so th- this affects credit cards the rates on credit cards the rates on flexible type rates whether it's an adjustable mortgage the rates on short-term loans uh, auto loans uh, your rates that you're going to get paid on your savings accounts Bonds. okay that's know, monetary policy monetary policy. Right, so let's get spe- we were running out of time if we don't we get the specifics. <laughs> sorry so i would just say uh, one truck. last thing about monetary policy because we talk a lot about about leveraging right you can leverage whether it's a low interest rate on a mortgage versus paying cash. So the le- we try to create arbitration where you can go in the market and make more money on the, the interest from an investment than you can paying someone else to, to, to borrow it, leverage. So anyway, now we that, that that's all affected by everybody. <laughs> everybody just tuned off the show. All right, so we're, we're talking to Christ followers out there. All of you listening and me sitting here because we're like we all get a little nervous. People because if you listen to talk radio, especially certain talk shows, they're like trying to get you freaked out. Buy gold and bury yeah, your right, head in the right, sand. Right. That we got to remember, God is still on the throne. And so if Donald Trump becomes president, what do we know based on his past on how he's going to impact monetary policy, our economy, jobs, investments? How how does he feel towards small business people? Because that's what Tampa Bay is made up. 30,000 plus small businesses. Well, based upon historical evidence, uh, what he's he's very pro-business. So from a corporate level, as a corporation, you're going to fall in love with him, uh, whether or not you're going to admit that publicly right now, but you will, because he's talking about taking the corporate tax rate to its level today and bringing it down to 15%. So that is a pro-growth strategy for corporations. He's also talking about a one-time 10% tax on foreign profits to incentivize corporations for keeping their money back in the United States. And that's also a pro-growth approach. So from a tax standpoint, that's so that would what, draw money back onto the uh, onto our continent. Well, and make it more profitable for, for corporations in the U.S. as well. But and stop, was a the inversions, stop the inversions of corp- corporations moving their headquarters out of the country. Got it. So keep, keep you know, and, he, and again, if you listen to him at all, he's always, I'm not going to mention the names of some of the companies he's always calling out, but there's several of them that he calls out by name and says, this will not happen with us. And, you know, again, and he is a, he is the ultimate leader. He is a, he's someone that he understands, if you read his book, The Art of the Deal, uh, I haven't read it cover to cover, but I've, I've just looked at some notes just so I could have that in conversation. He understands negotiation. Negotiation's a part of everything. What he's telling us today during the election cycle is grabbing everyone's attention. It's creating this buzz. He's already setting a foundation of negotiation with China, with Mexico, with these other nations. Now, does he go after them the same with the same approach? Absolutely not. He's going to tone it down because he understands negotiation isn't a one-sided deal. Well, and it's very important to note, if Donald Trump became a Christ follower, 
That would be the coolest huge. thing. That'd be huge. It'd be huge. huge. It would be very huge. Just want you to know, I made the best because, decision because, of my life. Okay. Because part, I mean, part of the deal is, I mean, our two, really, our two, really, all four of the likely elected presidential candidates, they all have significant ego issues. Yes. And the top two candidates, Hillary and Donald, they both are egotistical maniacs. They really are, but, unfortunately. But, but the good news is Jesus died for them just like he died for us, and so there's hope but for both hard, of them. But it's, you know what the Bible says about a rich man entering heaven, and it is very hard for them to be humble and, and be, throughout the Bible. self-dependent. Yeah. You know, throughout Genesis and all the way through to, all the way through to Revelation, you, first you have to humble your heart, and it's tough for those people to have humble hearts and and place God above themselves. All right, we've got some books to give away today uh, from called Your Money Counts. If you want to know what the Bible really has to say about how you should be handling your money. Your Money Counts is an answer written by Howard Dayton. I've read this book. It changed Martha's and my marriage. Just it turned it in a completely positive direction. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. Get your copy now. If you are breathing, this is a book. If you're breathing and you're a Christ, really, if you're breathing, this is a book you need to read because we all need help handling our money. All right, Dave, take Hillary. Hillary Clinton. You take Hillary. <laughs> okay, okay. Be nice. Uh, this is, you no, know, no. I, I, you, I, be nice. I, you I, like Hillary. First, That's why you're getting uh, wait, to work with her. Wait, wait, wait. Just go. I wouldn't go that far. Just but, go. But, but I, I do think all the uh, all the leaders, all the leaders running for office, have the same goal in mind. They 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 want what's best for the country. I mean, we, we're not going to take them down to say they're evil people and they want to destroy the country. I don't think that's the case. And um, now, in Hillary's case, there's some things that that of, that of course she she's uh, doing well, and some things that she proposes that do does well. So let's she, get to those specifics. What do you expect? Well, I can't think of anything. Right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but but. Um, her idea is to tax the wealthier people. She believes they do not pay their fair share of taxes. So she wants to raise the income tax level for people making more than a million a year, more than two million a year, all the way up uh, 50, 51% in, in some cases. She wants to lower the estate tax. So if you die and leave an estate right now, it's 5.4 million uh, for each spouse. Um, can leave without being paying Uncle Sam an estate tax. He wants to lower it to three point five. Uh, Donald Trump, on the so other hand, she wants hand, to lower the threshold. The threshold. She doesn't want, so tax. she wants to raise the tax. She raises the, the tax. Yes. Okay. How does she feel towards small businesses? Um, she she is not so pro small businesses. She wants to keep the the income tax, the corporate tax rate where it is. Um, and she does not want to give breaks on, you know, I'll say, on, on Donald Trump wants to lower capital gains rates. She does not want to lower capital gains rates. Uh, again, so the expected, uh, in, expected uh, result of Hillary as a president, how do you expect it to uh, impact our economy? Um, if, Hillary, if Hillary did get Based on in, your best guess. Uh, okay, here goes, here goes back to my Brian Westbury statement. The more that government... The bigger the government is, the smaller the small enterprise or, or businesses have to work with. She's a bigger government She's person. A bigger Big government, Donald right. is, is yeah. a smaller government person. Okay, so we got Bernie and Ted Cruz. Okay, let's hit Ted Cruz first. Who's taking Ted Cruz? Well, it's, I mean, one good, here, here's a good thing about Ted Cruz that I think that everyone can agree on because we, and we just got past doing income taxes. How nice would it be to have one flat tax? 
and abolish the IRS, right? This is what he, he's very pro, abolish the IRS, uh, abolish every written piece of Obamacare. But, you know, a flat tax, right? That That's pretty common sense stuff. I think that's well overdue for the con- – because every, everybody – we know the laws, and, and what they've done is just figured out ways to skirt the law. Well, because they keep modifying. And now the tax code has literally doubled in size in the last eight years, and it is literally – it's I don't know. It's, I heard it's like eight feet tall in yeah. small, thin pages. But the flat tax scares a lot of people. But basically, the bottom line is, from what I've heard on Ted's proposal, is anything under 35000 is not taxed at all. Correct. So for truly people living in poverty, lower, there's no lower tax. income. Perfect. It's combined it's, with a uh, consumption tax. Right. So there's going to be a value-added tax. Yes. yes. So that means you're going to charge 7% on Which everything. Okay. Prob- yeah, right. So if you use but, it, you pay for it. So because that's not I'm, necessarily a regression tax. But no, I think I don't you and think I so. talked about yeah, that, right? too. A regression tax where is actually where it hurts lower-income people. Because if you tax gasoline, Right, everybody uses gasoline. If they put a tax on gasoline, it becomes more. If they of put a, a tax, I mean, if they raise the well, tax. Well, yeah, I'm just using that as an example, right? If there was a consumption tax with All right, gasoline, so we're, we're going to run out of time. Okay, so okay. Ted Cruz anyway. wants to do some things to lower some taxes. Is he a pro small business guy or not? Yes, yes he yes. is very okay. much. Huh? All right, now we know that Donald wants smaller government. Ted wants much smaller government. Hillary wants bigger government. Bernie Sanders, from what I can tell, government. he is all in favor. He's a socialist. I mean, he's, he's a socialist. He, and he said socialist. So what does that really mean for our economy? He wants to go the way of the European economy. Everybody, everybody has promised something. You know, free education for everyone. There's no more college tuition. Sounds good in a lot of ways, but you got to remember taxes would go up to fifty nine percent probably income tax. On top of that, you got all your other taxes that we still pay. So you could be paying 80, 90% in taxes. You can get two years of college free now. You're high school. And there's so many kids graduating with two year degrees out of high school now for free. Hello. It's already there's so two already years for free, for right? Yeah, just let's let's go. Let's let's get people focused on those sort of things. I, I I'd love to give free education for everyone. Yeah. All right, we're talking today about the impact of the presidential election on the economy, on monetary policy, on jobs, on investments. We haven't gotten to all this because these guys kept going on and on and on and on That's about why. monetary it's, it's policy. Deep. There's so much stuff here. Jobs. Can can you guys give me any impact on any perspective on jobs with Donald? Are we gonna have more jobs or less jobs? More jobs. With the less taxes means more jobs. Okay. Uh, with Hillary, more jobs or less jobs? Uh, it'll be continue on its same plow horse. Same, same where we're at right now. Yep. Uh, what about with uh, with uh, Bernie Sanders? More jobs or less jobs? Ooh. More government Ooh. jobs, more likely, more, right? More Definitely. Government jobs, more government total, jobs, less total, less totally less jobs. So. Okay. And uh, Ted Cruz, more jobs. More jobs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. It's, how about this? Instead of reacting in fear, which is so easy for Christians to do, mm-hmm. and to just say, "Well, I'm not going to vote for anybody." Okay, well, that's just ridiculous because you've got a right to vote, and people died for that right. You need to be in that ballot box and voting on that ballot box up in November. How do we keep an eternally kingdom-minded focused in the presidential election season? Dave? Well, I think you just said it. We have to keep the eternal kingdom mind in, uh, you know, the focus will be on eternity, not on, not on tomorrow. And so many corporations today run on what next quarter is. But as Christians, we got to keep focus on what what's the next thousand years going to be. Not, mm. you know, where are we going to be for the next thousand years? Not not ten years from now. Look, what do you think? How, how do we well, keep from reacting in fear and keep an eternal focus? Second Corinthians four eighteen. Actually, it's part of my devotion this morning. It was just great how it lined up. Don't look for the things that are seen, but rather look to the unseen. Things that are seen are transient. You know what transient means? 
on the move. Short-lived. Short-lived, okay. Short-lived. So the things that are seen, the thing, you know, that's that's our surroundings. Those are those are the very transient, short-term, unseen things. These are the eternal things. That's that's the perspective we hope to bring to the table as a wealth advisor for you. You know, everybody we've talked about this on shows in the past, the whole behavioral economics. I'm not going there. But we're here to kind of guide you through your fears on the investment side of your of your house, your home. And here's Our the deal. Investment portfolio. The, the only politician that's going to bring hope and change is not a politician. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one that can bring you all the answers to your questions. And that's the perspective we have to have, is that we do not put our hope in a presidential candidate because he or she is not the answer. It is Jesus. And that's the only hope for our nation. It's the only hope for our world. Amen. Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke from... Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio show, thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks so much for just bearing through this conversation. It's a tough one. It's tough to stay apolitical when you've got opinions, but honestly, we're just trying to take a look at how do we maintain an eternal focus, a kingdom-minded focus, when sometimes things seem so uncertain. That's why Jesus, our rock, is who we should be depending on. Hey, go out to I Work For Him tonight. IWorkForHim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Join the I Work For Him Nation. Be an agent of change in your workplace. Be an agent of change. Bring Jesus with you tomorrow to work. Hey, when you get home today, do that and go onto our website and thank the sponsors. The sponsor, I Work For Him. It's incredible the work that's being done. We're reaching out across the world and around the nation every day. Take time to like us. So what did you learn today? How about how your faith can impact your workplace? What did you learn about how the perspective today, especially as it has to do with our investment portfolio? God is still on the throne. It doesn't matter who gets elected. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, God is on the throne, and I work for Him. 